Last week we were talking about giving up those childish things and that's so we can embrace being a child of God. That's what deliverance from sin is for. Uh, that's why he rescued the people of Israel from Egypt. That's why he's rescued us from sin, dying on the cross. And uh, that is actually what drives us to leave that sin behind, I believe, is, is the goodness of God and, and what we are called to be and, and what he's freeing us from sin to be. And uh, I mentioned last week that in high school I, I had an addiction to pornography and, and that I was completely delivered from that. And some people said, well, could you just speak to how you actually got out of that? And, and I'll tell you that, that it was two things. Number one, I truly believed I could be free. I truly believed that Jesus' blood could set me free. And number two, I didn't have a desire for it at all anymore because God was much, much better than that. And so I've got these two parables here. Uh, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, is like a treasure. It's like a pearl. And these people in these parables, they just enjoy. They gave up so that they could have something much better. And they gave up in joy. Uh, the, and they gave up their belongings. And they just gave up things. It wasn't, it wasn't, oh no, I have to give this up. It was, please, take it. I want God. I've had enough of this. So I hope that you can see, and I think that today, you'll see, giving up the childish things, it's worth it. If you could just take a moment and think about a story, uh, maybe it is a book, maybe it is a movie, that just really stretched your imagination. Uh, something that just made you go, wow. And just really made you think in a different way. Just think of a book or a story or a movie. That opened your imagination. And I know I, I think of, of a book like Narnia or Lord of the Rings and these books that just have this adventure and, and just this just this massive story going on and it just inspires you that you can be a part of something big. And, and C.S. Lewis and Tolkien were writing from a Christian point of view their stories and, and C.S. Lewis is specifically, it's just very explicitly about God. And they had imagination and they tried to lead people to God through the imagination and through these stories. Um, the gospel message is very clear in, in the Narnia stories. And this is a different approach than a lot of people. Uh, modernism and rationalism, people, people like to try to figure out, well, what proof is there for God? How can you prove God exists? How can you prove all these things are true? Well, this is a different approach. Just let people imagine, let people think, let people just see. And what I would suggest is that this is the most powerful way to reach people, is through the imagination. So let's just pray, and let's get into the message. 
Father God, I pray that you would open our eyes. I pray that you would stretch our imaginations. I pray you'd give us a place of awe and wonder of you. And you'd give us faith like a child. I pray you'd speak powerfully through me. In Jesus' name, amen. So just last week we looked at a a passage here. And Jesus is saying... If you would like to be a part of the kingdom of heaven, very contrary to the disciples' idea, you must be like a child. You must become like children. It's a necessity. Those who humble themselves like a child are the greatest in the kingdom. Whoever receives a child in my name receives me. Just hearing this testimony here, that is so encouraging. And I think we can, we can learn from children what it looks like to have that childlike faith. To the children and to those who are like children belong the kingdom. And I just want to talk about a testimony for myself. Uh, When I was out west, I, I had my own beliefs that I was starting to grow in at the time. And I was very convicted about, uh, at the time, about certain doctrines, and I had certain ideas, and, and so I wanted to go there to a Reformed church, and that's where I went. And, but over time, God was working, and, and He just started to open me up to think of it differently. And, events, and I went through some challenges out west. Uh, but I ended up coming to a place where I was reading the Bible and I was studying the Bible and I said, you know what, this, I just felt at this church maybe there wasn't an openness to the Holy Spirit that I was desiring. And so I just was reading the Bible, I read the book of Acts and I was just reading these different stories and thinking, wow, like, this is just incredible. Just hearing these different stories of what was happening in the church and I thought, why aren't these things, why didn't I see any of these things before? And I, I had heard of, you know, different preachers going around or, or different people doing healings and things in churches and, and the prosperity gospel message of, you know, you just always can be healed every time. And so I, I was this thing, but I read in the Bible that this was happening, and so I thought, okay, this must be, this must be real. God is the same. He's the same as back then and now. So why isn't this happening? Well, I started praying and asking God, would you heal people to show you are real, to show you are God, to lead people to you? Not just that, that healing would happen in a church setting, but actually out there, just like I saw in the book of Acts. And so I p- was praying for this. And then my, my one friend said, well, would you like to come uh, to youth group at the one church? And I was starting to open up. I started going to different churches that I, I did not, originally I d- would not have showed up at the Pentecostal church. But I actually started to open up a bit more. So I, I set out and uh, my friend said, well, would you like to come to the youth group there and, and help with leadership there. They're, they'd like to just go out and do some outreach, pray for people, and 
And so I said, all right, let's, let's do it. And so we went and, and we watched a video of just this testimony of this man who was regularly doing outreach and praying for healing for people and sharing the gospel with people on the street. And it was just so encouraging to hear that, that there's just, just something that happened as he went out. And I thought, oh, this is great. I'd love to go out and pray for people to receive healing and share about God with them. And so, of course, that night we went out and absolutely no one wanted us to pray for them. <laughs> uh, so you could, right there, you could just be discouraged. <laughs> but instead, uh, you know what, let's, let's press on here and let's just keep praying. And, and sure enough, that week there was a great opportunity for me that God brought about. And so... What it was was I moved into a new place, and, and at this place there was a, a man that was already living there, and he was not a Christian, and, and I told him I was working at the Christian school there, just across the road, actually. And he said, well, you know, what is it you believe? And, and so we just talked about it. He was very curious. I just shared with him, and, and then he just shared a bit about himself, and he said that he had this injury um, he, his knee had been injured quite a while back and he was, he was doing very well in soccer and it was an injury that had took place when he was playing soccer and, and it was a severe in, injury in his knee that, uh, that could not be repaired by doctors. Um, and so I, I just stepped out in faith and I believed God was saying, you need to pray for him. And so I, I said, can I pray for you to be healed. And he said, I don't see why not. Sure. So, <laughs> I never did this before, but I did it. I prayed for him. And not only that, I, I read in the book of Acts how they, they not only prayed, but they, they just said in Jesus' name, be healed. And so I, I did that. And first time we pray, and, and I say, okay, you know, did you notice anything? And he says, well, it definitely seems a bit better. I said, okay, that's good. Let's keep praying. And so we, we prayed again, and in Jesus' name, just completely be healed. And that time, this is where it was something that was beyond reason. It was something hard to really believe in my head what I was seeing. It was his knee was moving, and God was healing his knee. The knee was moving before our eyes. My hand was on his knee, and, and I could feel it moving, and it seemed to be healing and rearranging itself. And both of us are just sitting there on the couch, and we're just thinking, what is going on? This is so weird. <laughs> I've never saw anything like this in my life. And he's thinking, what is going on? So it was, it was an incredible experience, and it, it opened him up to... Um, to hear about God and to hear the gospel. And, and, uh, and there are many other testimonies of my time out west that, that God healed people. And it was just an amazing experience. But it took some imagination to believe that could really happen. And I hope that you'll see today that, the, that imagination and faith are connected. This is what I think is, is the key about that childlike faith, that the children have an imagination. And they can, it's not that they're 
not smart. It's not that they're not intelligent. It's that there's something beyond just that alone, that they can actually believe things are possible and they can imagine. And I believe that faith and imagination go hand in hand. If we imagine what is revealed by God to be true, we're believing reality. Imagination is the key to receiving the revelation, opening up the possible of the miraculous in everyday life. So that's just, just believing it, it's possible. It's a good first step. Just imagining that this is something that actually could happen. Our world is saying that the best way to discover truth and, and to come to a place where you are a person of understanding is to find that through reason or your own personal experience. And it's also saying that this is the way we need to raise children. The church has uh, often went into rationalism and, and tried to just maybe convince people through apologetics and reason to come to the Christian faith. And you know what? The Christian faith is reasonable. It is. It makes complete sense, but not to the natural mind. And if you truly get to the right place of the reason, you get to a step that is beyond just reason alone, where you just start to worship, and you just start to, you just start to be in awe of who God is, and it's not just a rational thing going on anymore. Faith is, according to Hebrews 11, the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. You can see how that imagination aspect of faith can come in according to what this verse is saying. It's things that are hoped for but not yet experienced. Things that are, are not yet seen, but you can, you can imagine the possibility. You believe it's true. You trust that what God is saying is true. We use faith in our everyday lives. Uh, often. For instance, when we drive to work, we trust by faith that that car will work and it will take us to that location. You can think of other examples that you trust and you imagine that it is God's will when you lose a job. The, the book of Hebrews 11 gives many examples of faith and people throughout the scriptures that had a profound faith. And it wasn't that they didn't suffer, that's for sure. These people went through very difficult situations. And I encourage you to study Hebrews 11 and read it over a lot. It's very encouraging and it stretches your imagination. Um, these people went through very difficult things, but they had the faith, they had the trust, the imagination that it would be worth it. Everything they were going through, that in the end, it would be worth it. Um, for God's sake, for the kingdom's sake, for, for whatever his plan was. A couple of quotes here. The function of imagination is not to make strange things settled, so much as to make settled things strange, not so much to make wonders facts, as to make facts wonders. And so what I'm saying is we need to move beyond just understanding it rationally, not that it's not rational. We're not saying that. We're saying when you start to think in your mind, you know, maybe you're, maybe you're into science and you start to consider 
the way God's universe works and the way his creation works. Well, you don't want to stop there by just understanding it at a rational level. You want to get to the point where you say, I just, I can't understand it. This is incredible. You want to come to that place of awe and wonder. And I think that's something that makes Christianity very unique. That's the childlike faith. The supreme function of reason is to show man that some things are beyond reason. And so our, our rational capacities, our senses, we can see with our eyes, but there's a part of us that just can't handle it. We just can't comprehend it. And you, t- you just take anyone in the world, a non-Christian, to look at a sunset, to look at the mountains, to look at God's creation, and they just go, wow, this is awesome. And they can't rationally explain, I would say, what they're seeing. It's something beyond what is just something that you can understand in your mind. It's, it's something that's intended to lead us to worship. And I would ask you to imagine more. Uh, imagine in your prayer life what God could do. He says, ask and receive. Um, I don't think that we can out-imagine God. It may, it may be that he doesn't answer in the way we ask, but I don't think there's anything wrong with just imagining what could God do in this situation. Let's pray. Let's, let's ask God to stretch our imagination because we look at the scriptures and we see our God as incredible. In the hardest and most difficult of situations, he did the most incredible of things. You know, look at the story of the people of Israel. Here we are with the the greatest power in the world of the time, a man that says that he is God, Pharaoh. And here's this tribe, slaves, and no one would have thought that these people would be able to be freed. God does the miracles. He worked in in an incredible way to bring the people out. And he, and then right when it's, you know, they're right at the sea and... They think, well, you know, that was, that was all good, but here we are. <laughs> the army's coming, it's over. God parts that sea. And you can just think of countless stories in Scripture where God shows up when it's just like, I, would, I wouldn't even, even imagine that. Uh, you know, the story of, of uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and then the fire, and, you know, in the, in the rational way of thinking, you'd think, well, you know, they're dead. They're going in this flaming hot fire. Well, God had some imagination there, and he kept them alive. And he used that as a testimony to today. So I would ask God, give us, give us an imagination so we can pray with you with, and we can believe. There's something beyond reason alone something that the logic of the world and our own brain can't quite get to unless we're at that place of awe and worship. And this is the design. Awe and wonder is when our imagination of what we believe becomes so real to us that it consumes us and becomes real to us. Really, we should be constantly stirred to awe, wonder, and worship as a child of God, something to fight for. I mean, really, there's, there's so many reasons to worship God. There's 
an infinite amount. And often we might come to a place to our challenges of life and, and our eyes are just not seeing that in a moment. And that's something we need to fight for sometimes. Uh, there is beauty out there. There are reasons to worship God every day if you will do the work to fight to look for those. And if you'll just start to worship Him. Even maybe if you don't feel like it, just worship Him. And I believe it will start to grow that, that worship and that focus will change to seeing things the way He is. It's not always natural to worship, but we can pray that God would open our eyes to behold His beauty. And we can, we can seek that we would also take responsibility to open our eyes. So you can understand the, the message being connected with last week then. We talked a bit about, you know, let's, let's give up some things that might stand in the way of us experiencing what it means to be like a child. Maybe God is asking us, give up video games. Give up watching that TV show. You don't need to. I have something better for you. It's not about giving it up just to be some holy person. It's about something better that he has for you that you need to give something up to walk into. Um, and so I think, you know, with we were talking a bit about youth and, and just, just well, well, we don't want them just to only spend time just, you know, having fun. We want them to, to truly know God. We want them to truly, we want to truly believe they are able to know God just as much as us, youth and children. And so how, how, do, what do, we, how do we deal with this situation where the culture is trying to win them over to all these different ways that they can then sort of, instead of worshiping God, they're actually pouring out what they were created to be into other means. Well, I would, I would argue with you that if you just gave them an opportunity to have something better, that they, it would be no problem. Uh, take the youth group to see a sunset. Take them to see nature, creation. If you could win them over to see the beauty of God's world, to see the beauty of being a part of God's kingdom, then these different issues that struggling with addictions, it's, it's no longer a problem because there's something better for them and there's not as much of a drive for that anymore. To become a Christian, I believe is more than just ABC. Not, it's more than just, you know, you say a prayer, you have to do certain things. I want to go to heaven. I rationally understand the way that salvation works. Well, actually, the devil himself understands the way salvation works, so clearly that is not enough. It's when we actually come to a place where we go beyond the reason alone and we say, wow, God is incredible. God is incredible that Jesus Christ paid the price for my sin. I was, while I still was a sinner, Christ died for me. And we start to, 
to be amazed by God and see how incredible he is, that's when we're won over. And that's the conversion where we start to say, God is better. I want to give up these things. God is better than these things. And we get to a place where we say, I can't get it. I can't comprehend. I can't understand that God would do this for me. I can't understand. I'm still sinning. I mean, every day. And he says, you're my son. It's when we, we don't just say, okay, yeah, okay, yeah, I get that in my head. But we say, wow, this is incredible. This is amazing. And we just worship and praise God. This morning, these verses came to me from the Psalms. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him? The heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. And you can see in that first Psalm, Psalm 8, that, that there is a question there. And I don't think that the question was asked to provide a rational answer. I think the question is asked in amazement and wonder and awe. I think that the, the psalmist was considering and looking and he was seeing with his eyes. He was seeing the beauty of God's creation in the heavens. And he thought to himself, how does God care about me? He's so big. He's bigger than the heavens. And yet he cares about me. He cares about humanity. It wasn't that he was looking for a rational explanation. It was that he couldn't understand it. He realized this. This is incredible. And I, I ask that, I pray that you would take this key and you would fight for this. That you would fight for just, just being in a place of worship with God. Um, and amazement. Because there's plenty of reasons to worship God. Ultimately, we need to just keep it simple. God is our Father. We are His children. This has been one of the most helpful things for me um, when I've maybe had a time of struggle and, and maybe I, I had sinned and, and I thought to myself, you know, I can't believe I did this. And you know what? You have to think differently now if you are a Christian. God is our Father. And so when we sin, it's not, it's very different. The price has been paid for. You come to him, and he wants to help you. He wants to heal you. There's no shame. Come to him. He just wants you to run to him. Don't run away. It's very, very different. And if you are, maybe you're struggling, maybe you're at a point, you're trying to figure out, oh, what do I believe about these different doctrines. You know, my friends are saying they believe this on this issue and I believe this on this issue. You know what? These things are important to think about. I'm not saying they're not. But there's something even more important and that's just that simple relationship with God. If you are struggling with anything, it's, it can be solved in its time. Just, just keep it simple when you need to. God is your Father. Just come to Him. Worship Him. Thank Him. It's okay. It's okay to keep it simple. It's okay to be like a child with your Father. Just have Him embrace you in His arms. Just love you. That's okay.
You don't have to keep it complicated all the time. And I think that is the key to not keep, not allow it to become complicated. Just keep it simple. Believe God at his word. He is your father. It's something beyond reason to think that the God of the universe would call us our father. Call us his child. I think that we do need to take our job seriously to care for the children. And we mentioned last week there are just so many things that I believe the enemy is doing through the culture to try to destroy childlikeness in the children. And there are, whether this is to the media, whether this these are just people that are harming children. Um, we need to do what we can to protect the children. This passage in Matthew is very clear that this is crucial. It says in this passage that it's better for those people that would harm a child to be drowned. This is serious. This is so important. We need to take responsibility to stand up for children in this culture. There are opportunities for the church in the culture. Itself, we need to take responsibility to protect those children, to raise them in a way that they would encounter God. The devil wants to destroy childlikeness in children by any means, and we need to take seriously our responsibility to protect children, to invest in the children. There are many good organizations out there. There are many opportunities to invest in financially in prayer. Uh, God could lead you to adopt a child, to consider foster care, to do outreach. There's so many opportunities, and we need to take those. If our culture is not, if, if we live in a culture where the family is broken, where people are growing up without a parent at all, growing up with, with parents that are abusing them, we need to step in there and show them what a father really looks like. We need to show them what it really looks like to be an adult. Show them from the kingdom perspective. And I believe there'd be radical change. James talked multiple times that he desires revival. And I do believe a big key would be the children would be investing in the next generation. And, and having children just are, are set apart, that are different than the world. Children that, that keep that childlikeness. They're not, they're not taught in the same way as the world, and they're not fashioned in the same way as the world, but they're, they're able to embrace that natural childlikeness that God created them to have, and they're encouraged in their faith. They're not put down when they start to be curious, they start to imagine, not told, you know, just, just do what you're told, just don't, don't think, don't imagine, <laughs> just, I think we need to encourage their natural imagination, how God created them to be, we need to give them those opportunities to just embrace that and never lose it.
it's not something we should be growing out of. It's something we should be keeping the rest of our lives. And if we have lost it, we need to get back there. And we need to learn from the children. Uh, adults can learn from children. I have learned a lot as a teacher from the children. Uh, <laughs> so be open to it. I am going to pray now. And I do, I do hope that this message has spoke to you. Uh, it's, it's not too complicated, I hope. It's, it's simple. Have faith like a child. And this is a key in the kingdom. That if we can imagine, that would open the opportunity for God to work. So let's just pray. Father God, we thank you for this, this message and this truth. I pray that we would never lose our wonder of you. Those of us who, who know you, God, would you just give us an open eye to see your beauty, whether it's through creation or just your character and who you are. Open our eyes. Teach us to fight for this. There's so many reasons to worship you, so many reasons to praise you. May we be good examples to our children in our lives. May we show them how amazing you are, how better you are than anything else. Father, may we show them that we can't truly comprehend who you are and how amazing you are. And show them this is okay. This is good. This is worship. This is what we were created for. Teach us to imagine that your kingdom is reality and it's better than any other thing that we could pursue in our lives. Father, teach us to choose to fight for wonder and awe and the reality of your kingdom in our lives. To take those opportunities to step out in faith and just believe you could move in a situation. Show us your perspective and teach us to imagine something beyond what seems possible. May we believe like a child and may we enjoy being your child and having you as our father. Help us to keep it simple and be content with this. And help us to teach our children to just never leave this behind and to keep that their whole lives. We pray for the children and youth in our lives. We pray that you would bring them to encounter you, to truly know you, God, to be people that would be able to see your beauty everywhere they go and just lead others to see that, that they would be people that are seers and that they would be able to encourage others and lead them to also imagine and see your beauty. We pray for the children of Canada that you would work and you'd show us the opportunities in our lives that we can take to help the children. Show us how important this really is. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.